Some of the content in this podcast may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. And it's time for another episode of the Dynasty Wrap-Up Show. Matt Smith in Indianapolis, joined by Fred Kirsch and Paul Perillo in our studios back in Foxborough. The 10-part documentary event, The Dynasty New England Patriots, is streaming now exclusively on Apple TV+. Gentlemen, we're here to talk about episodes 5 and 6. In episode 5, did anybody else notice that they spent more time on Moss's no catch on the Patriots' final drive than the scorned Asante Samuel no interception on the Giants' final drive? Uh, I did notice that, but before we get into it, Matt, you're at the Combine, and I'm wondering, has any Patriots players gone up to Elliott Wolf and say they want to be traded or move to California or, you know, (laughs) go to a safe house or anything like that? That's later. Oh. They have not. Okay. That, episode six. They have not. We'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> All right. Correct. But Correct. Yeah. Um, here's, here's one of the things that I think fans are going to love, and I can't say enough about it. I wish, quite honestly, that there had been more of it. I call it the loser's ring ceremony that they showed at the very beginning of episode five after the Patriots lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl wonder what you guys thought of that footage yeah I enjoyed it and it's something that I was aware of through you um, and I share your sentiments I, I I didn't see enough of it you know they only showed um, you know Bill's part that to me the money part was Bill sort of explaining just how important it is to unlike most years where he's preaching forget about last year no do not forget about how hard it was for those 16 wins. Don't forget those 16 and O's. You forget the 5 and 11s. Yeah. You've been through the 5 and 11s and the 7 and 9s. Those are the ones you want to forget. This one, take some time and remember what you guys accomplished because it was pretty incredible. I thought it was awesome. Just, you know, the behind-the-scenes footage was, was awesome to see that. But I remember at the time, Paul, internally, there was a lot of debate. Do you put up a 16 and 0 banner? Right. And a lot. It was split. Not everyone agreed. Like, you don't you know, you don't do that. And, you know, the 16 and 0 won out. And, you know, it was good to see Bill telling the team, you know, and he's he said it. You know, I'm always a guy to move on. You know, it doesn't really matter. But when you have 16 and 0, you don't forget that. You don't forget that. Yeah, and I was one of the few because um, I think it wasn't really split. I think most people were against it. I had no problem with it, and I'm not a big fan of the divisional. You know, yeah. I, I grew up in Boston. You know, at the Boston Garden, when the Bruins had all yeah. the Adams Division titles, those did nothing well, for well, me. Well, that's in the place of the the home of the division title. A- absolutely, right. but uh, you know, 16 and 0 isn't Correct. an Adams Division title. Right. Yeah. Um, at the risk of being the company guy, I will send kudos to the crafts Robert and Jonathan who had the foresight to say we need to shoot this it's never been seen until this episode came out never footage has never been seen before and I think fans are really really going to enjoy seeing it because you're getting a scene behind the curtain that nobody's seen before yeah so we move along until episode five Brady goes down there's a lot of time spent on Brady's injury how devastated he was And, Paul, I want to ask you, because you're the first person I heard talk about this, were the seeds planted there in that episode that maybe that Bill doesn't think you need a top-tier quarterback in order to win with how successful, relatively speaking, 
the Patriots were that year. Yeah. Now, look, you, you never know what's in a guy's mind, in a, in a person's heart, without knowing for sure, right? Like, it's my feeling from watching this part, I, and I did think it was a little odd again. They spent so much time on, on this season, um, and I thought it was sort of throwing a bone to Bill. Because I know Bill's very proud of the fact that they didn't fall apart, you know, for whatever that means. They went 11-5 and five with Matt Castle. Um, but I, I just I, I felt like the, the commentary of that season was what an unbelievable job by Bill. Bill's sort of proving that Tom Brady, I, you know, one guy said it, I, don't, I forget who, that Tom Brady's actually a system quarterback that shows it. Uh, it was nonsense. And there was not the prevailing wisdom at the time. Um, and and what, what I really had a problem with with this was they sort of, you know, and I understand that Tom Brady and the Brady family may have felt like this because Tom is maniacally competitive. Right. And he did know how he got his job. There was no talk no. of, well, Tom knows how he got his job, so he wants to get back out there. He may have been feeling that, but I'm telling you, there was 100% of people in New England that never gave it a second thought. When Tom Brady's healthy again, he will take over, regardless of how. And Matt Castle played very well that year. He deserves a lot of credit for playing playing well. He was never going to take Brady's job. That was ne- never, like, there was no drama there. And I think they tried to sort of insert right. it uh, into this. But I do think, to ma- answer Matt's point, Matt Matt's question, the over-the-top, even Bill, Post game, that last one. I wish we had a game next week. I think it was the day after Prescott. I wish we had a game next week, but I'm awfully proud of this team and what it's accomplished. But and I, I thought that was kind of a way for Bill to say, I'm awfully proud of myself <laughs> for not having this fall apart. And I do wonder if that maybe set the stage for a little bit of a riff, like Tom sort of reading that, like, oh, you think you can just win without me, huh? Yeah. Like to me, there's a big difference in five five games. Yeah. Sixteen and zero to eleven and five showed you just how great Tom Brady yeah. was. I get I understand the director's choice in trying to create that drama for the sake of storytelling, but you're right. We were in the middle of it. Remember, this is a team that was 16 and 0 the year before. Not a lot of change the next year. And they were 11 and 5. You know, so they lost five more games than the year before with basically right. the same in, because they didn't have Brady. And they prefaced it all, Matt by sort of before they got into 08, you know, Tom, when he talked, just how devastating that 07 loss was. You know, and he really, you know, it, 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 was, it was just a devastating loss for them. But he said, we looked at the 2008 year as a redemption year for us. You know, we felt like we had the same team. Right. And it was going to be a redemption year. So, again, redemption years don't result in minus five. Right. In, in, in the win-loss total. So, again... I think it was. I, thought th- I think it's admirable that they didn't fall apart. Yeah, but they also didn't make the playoffs. I thought the Brady interview coming off of the Super Bowl loss was one of the most insightful things, and I think fans will enjoy seeing just how you could tell how beat up Brady was about that loss and how it eats him still to this day. Just one other thing on the you know the Brady family, and I think it was Tom Senior who mentioned when he was talking about Coach Belichick, and he said, "Well, you know, Coach Belichick." He, if you're not around, out of sight, out of mind. And my question is, when he said that, is that really different from a lot of other coaches? Isn't that generally the way it is when somebody's injured, that you're out of sight, out of mind? It, it definitely used to be. Um, you know, coaches didn't want injured players around. Um, they would they would tell them, you know, get lost. Not in those ways, but, you know, 
but lately, though, you do see more injured guys hanging out on the sideline. You know, Aaron Rodgers, of course, is famously. But, but that's, that sentiment has kind of changed. But, you know, 10 year, 15 years ago, I, I, yeah. I'm sure a lot of coaches said, listen, if you're out for the season, go rehab, do what you have to do, we'll see you next year. And, and real quick, I yeah. would just say that the reason that that changed is because the IR rules have changed. And now when you're on IR, you're not out of sight, out of mind. You could come back. Right. So, you know, in, in when, when Brady went on IR, that was he it. was done for the year, no matter what happened. Right. So obviously he wouldn't have been able to come back anyway. But now you go on IR in week one. If you're healthy in week 13, you can play. Yep. That wasn't the case then. So I, I do think it was out of sight, out of mind for most teams, Matt. Yeah, I think and, you're and, right. And it wasn't just a Bill thing. Right. Um, a new character was introduced in Episode 5, and again – the directors and the uh, production uh, crew there did it in a very dramatic way with the dramatic pan and the sight of Alex Guerrero. <laughs> yeah, again, this is this goes back to my, my theory. And you guys know, you guys always make fun of me because I always, I always have these conspiracy theories and, you know, hidden meanings. I, I think this was if, if you want to go back to the, the seeds of the rift being sown, this is part of it. This this gets Guerrero into his life. McGinnis evidently, you know, hooks Brady up with Alex Guerrero. He helped him with his rehab. And I think therein, you know, there, there's a conflict as to how this is going to happen, right? Bill did not appreciate Guerrero's presence. And Bill was, I think, hell-bent on showing that he didn't need Brady to win. And Brady, being the competitor that he was, didn't even want to go on IR with a torn ACL. He wanted to stay out there. He lobbied yeah. to stay out there and play. And I, I just feel like all of these things sort of conspired yeah, and, to and, lead to the rift. And if you remember, like Mass General was ready and willing to do that surgery. And Brady chose to go to L.A. Yep. to have it done. And then he gets the infection. And I'm sure there was a lot of eye rolling and head shaking within these walls of like, why didn't you just stay here and get it done? Why do you have to go all the way to L.A., see what happened? <laughs> so, Matt, I want to give you guys another plug, and I know you don't like when we do this, but, you know, again, all of these stories we, we're sort of familiar with. We might not know every detail, but we're familiar with it. The, the stuff that's new is the footage that Matt's talking about and a lot of the stuff that Matt and the crew shot. And I thought there was some really good locker room scenes um, in this season and again, it's no surprise because it was sort of an ode to Belichick. But, you know, Bill flat out saying in 99, the Rams lost Trent Green and Kurt Warner took him to the Super Bowl. In 01, we lost Drew Bledsoe and Brady took us to the Super Bowl. This is on you now, Castle. You know, like I, I thought that was really interesting stuff that I hadn't seen. Matt, you probably have, but I don't think it's been shown publicly until this. I think fans will find some of these interactions. And then even with them teasing, uh, mad after the Jets win. I know you haven't started a game since the seventh grade, but you did today, and he, he gave him the game ball. But, I thought but, that was good stuff. But the fact that Bill said that, you know, uh, you know the, the history part of it, do you think in his mind he thought they actually could go to the Super Bowl with they Matt Castle? They were absolutely loaded. That the, team was the, stacked. They were. They were. But do you think Bill thought that they could get to the Super Bowl? Probably not, but that's not yes. how we – that's not how we – that's not how he is – like wired, I he's know. always wired to think he has a chance, and I think in his mind, they were a lot better than 0-1. Yeah, and well, 0-1 won the Super Bowl. Matt, what do you think? I I think why not? Why shouldn't they be able to win if they get? If I think he realized if they get competent, 
turnover-free football play out of the quarterback with Moss and Welker, you still have that juggernaut of an offense going. Yeah, I think they, the, I think he did think they had a chance to go back to the Super Bowl. But I want to go back to one thing that I think, uh, Paul, you mentioned it. You said something along the lines of that they threw a bone to Belichick. I think a lot of the criticism that we've been seeing after the first four episodes from fans, from media, is that they're out to get Bill, that Bill is the villain in this. And I think in this episode, I, I would dispel that notion right there because I think they, I don't know if it's they're going out of their way, but they're telling the story that how successful the team was that year and that he helped keep it together with Brady going down. Yeah, that's why I, I, that's why I referred to it that way. I agree with you. I thought this was the Bill episode. Yeah. You know, the majority of the other ones that I've seen have not really been that way. Yeah. The other thing about this episode, episode five, they get into the 09 season a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, there's that famous, we've seen it before, uh, where at the end of the season, Belichick's on the sideline with Brady and he's saying to Brady, you know, how frustrating it is. He just can't get this team to to play the way uh, they need to play. And the fact that he's telling Brady that tells me that the rift hadn't completely happened yet, you know, because you don't confide in a guy who, you know, you're having trouble with that way. And I think they were still in pretty good terms in 09. And to me, that's one evidence of that, that Bill was willing to tell Brady, you know, his innermost feelings about the team. Yeah. And Matt, one thing that I thought was really, really good, the way this this particular episode, episode five, we want to talk about six, two in a second. Um, I thought they did it really, really well. Matt Hamachek um, setting up the cliffhanger in this one. So you, you, you wind down the 09 season and it was disappointing. They showed the aftermath of that Baltimore game. They just weren't good enough anymore. They had lost you know, a lot of veterans that were key parts, and they talk about those. And then they sort of get back to that sort of pressure to always win. And they got to hit this draft. And they, the cliffhanger they set up is obviously drafting Aaron Hernandez. And I, I just thought that was not overly dramatic. I thought that was really, really well done, the way they sort of set the stage for their mindset you know, and I know it sounds silly to go from 04 to 09 without a Super Bowl and feel pressure to win. Yeah. But the, it was. There was pressure there. And I thought they did a great job of sort of encapsulating that, the way they set that cliffhanger up. Yep. I think, I think Hamachek does great cliffhangers in this series. I think it's been a pretty constant theme throughout this, and I think it's one of the nice things. And as a viewer, I think, oh, wow, I want to get to the next one. Yeah. So the next one, Paul, as you say, is episode six. And it's the Aaron Hernandez episode. Yeah. And Chilling. I was watching the episode with somebody yesterday who remain, who will remain nameless. And they couldn't believe the green screen footage that they started the entire episode with. I think that that was a network. It was not an uh, internal person's voice. I think that was a network's person's voice as the networks are shooting green screen for the upcoming season. That scene was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I just I thought this this episode was you know out of you know after the first one this is probably my next favorite. Um and not because of the subject matter obviously, but it was chilling. Yeah. It was chilling watching it, watching the smile, um the personality that that Hernandez had knowing the demons that were clearly in his head. Yeah. Um I thought they did a you know a good job of sort of displaying that dichotomy yeah. what made this episode for me and we've i've saw we've seen the hernandez documentary we've seen all that before but what made this one was the interviews 
Dion Branch and Brandon, Brandon Lloyd, Lloyd and Wes Welker. And Wes Welker. The interviews of people made this episode. The, the three for me. wide receivers in this episode were remarkable. Yeah. They're compelling stuff. Brandon Lloyd was really good. Yeah. So, Paul, Paul, I've heard you say in a couple of these things, um, when you've been uh, criticizing some of the episodes, you say, well, I don't know that I learned anything. Now, it's tough for somebody like you to learn anything. You were at a front row seat for this. Yep. So I ask you about this episode. Did you learn something that you didn't know about after watching this episode? I did, and it's these three wide receivers knew. That's what I learned. They knew there was some... Or at least they said they should have known. There was some darkness yeah. there that they knew about, and they brought to the attention, and it seemingly fell on deaf ears. And I, I, I think it's easy after the fact to say, you know, I think Michael Holly is interviewed in the middle of this episode about he would leave you some breadcrumbs. Yeah. But you didn't think that at the time. No. You, you, you're thinking that in, in hindsight. Yeah. Brandon Lloyd, right. Dion Branch, and Wes Welker are telling you at the time, they were concerned. Something's not right. Something's not right with this guy, and they brought it to – they couldn't understand. Uh, Welker had a remarkable, refreshing, honest – when he was walking around as a, as a rookie, he's running around telling everybody he's the best punt returner on the team, and he's joking around, and Bill's laughing, and Welker said, I, I just don't get it. Like, right. what, what is it about this kid? Right. What, what? Why is he get? Why are you doing? This? Why are you letting this kid do this? Right. That's he's telling you what he thought at the time. Right. Not in retrospect. Yeah. And I, I, I just thought that those three receivers were really he, good. Why does he? Why does he love this guy so much? Yeah, that's the, the line. That's the line. Why Matt, does thank he you. Love this guy so much. Oh my goodness! I mean, when I heard that, I was going, "Now there's honesty. There's real honesty there." You think any, you know, and again, Bill's not going to talk about it, but do you think Bill's relationship with Urban Meyer had a little bit of a reason about why he treated Hernandez the way he did? He knew what was going on. Yep. He knew what was going on, but I think they they felt that, you know, eventually it'll sort itself out. But, man. He was good. He was good. He was really but, good. But so was a lot of guys who were rookies, and Bill didn't treat them the way – he didn't let them get away with what he let Hernandez get away with. I don't think he let Gronk get away with what he let Hernandez get away that's with. That's what I'm saying. Um, and I wonder if it is I, – I do think that's a very interesting point you bring up about Urban Meyer. I, I think Urban probably felt like he had an idea of what made Hernandez tick. You know, they, they go through the story of how they brought him up to get him out of New Britain as a yeah. 17-year-old. And I, that was chilling to me because my son's going to turn 17 next week. Um, and uh, next month, rather, and just to, to sort of think about him going down to Florida to to start off on his college football career, like I couldn't even fathom that. Right. Right. Let alone with the family life that he was right. leaving behind. Yeah. So I I, I thought that was an, another really powerful scene. You're listening and watching to the uh, Dynasty uh, recap show, wrap up show. Matt Smith, Paul Perillo, and Fred Kirsch. Uh, there was another seed planted in this one. Same position, different person. What did you think of Gronkowski's comment about getting the phone call while he was in New York City on the <laughs> stage on draft night? I'm, gl I'm really glad you brought that up, Matt, because that's exactly where I was going when we talk about how Bill treated Aaron. And then Gronkowski 
hasn't been on the team for five minutes and he's already in trouble, <laughs> you know? That's so, great. so like, you know, the, the, the difference there, you know, like, uh, I thought it was funny, but when you put it in context with Hernandez, you see how Bill let Hernandez get away with stuff where with Gronk, it's like, get him off the stage, you know? Yeah. I, I thought that the, um, I wrote down in my notebook when that came by, BB's reaction to Gronk getting drafted is exactly what we figured it was. <laughs> Without we, you know, obviously we hadn't seen it. Yeah. But the way he reacted was exactly the way. Oh, I bet you Bill didn't like that. We were probably right here in this studio, Fred, yeah. doing a draft show and saying that at well, the time. What did he say? Lord have mercy. Have mercy. Something that was, like that. That was so funny. You know, and he did have right. a little bit of a like a wry yeah. smile yeah. on his face. But, but again, you know, like, and, yeah. and I do think that he called. Yeah. And they said, okay, enough is enough. Get yeah. off the stage. Right. So, Fred, I want to ask you a couple of questions here. These are the tough questions, of course. Uh, there's a couple, couple points in this where Robert Kraft is being interviewed, and I think you saw a real human side in Robert Kraft and talking about the Hernandez tragedy. One of the things that I don't, I don't think I've ever heard him say when we ask, what did you learn? I thought it was really fascinating to hear Robert Kraft talk about learning something about himself that because of this, he didn't realize if he could ever trust anyone again. That's how deeply uh, hoodwinked I think he feels like, and, and he feels like that's changed the way he looks at people for the rest of his life. Yeah. Um, sometimes good things can be a flaw, and I think one of the flaws, at least up to that point with Robert Kraft, was trusting people or you know getting enamored with certain types of people. Let's face it. Robert Kraft and Aaron Hernandez come from two different worlds, but I think Robert wanted kind of that world to like him. I think as much as he said in the documentary, Aaron might have looked at me as sort of a paternal type of figure. I think Robert wanted to be a paternal type of figure. I think he would want to say that kid turned around his life and I had a part in that. And I think that overrode the stuff that maybe didn't allow him to really see the bad part of Aaron Hernandez right up until the day the day after he committed the murder, Robert believed him when Aaron told him I had nothing to do with this. You know, don't worry about it. And uh, I really do believe he, he was duped. But I do believe that the reason why he was duped was part of a, a flaw in his own character. A good flaw. You know, what I, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's wrong with trusting people and wanting, you know, but sometimes when you're the CEO of a company or the owner of a football team, you know, you have that you have that responsibility to the community that, you know, you have to look at things a little bit more jaded. And Robert even said it. We fa I failed. We failed. You know, and I, I apologize for that. I thought that was pretty powerful. Paul, um, you've been and I heard you talking about it on Unfiltered uh, earlier this week where you don't like the fact that the 03 and the 04 teams were glossed over that that stung that you didn't think they gave that enough time. Are you back on the beam now? Are you back on the, uh, <laughs> on the Dynasty uh, series now uh, after seeing, a, a, admittedly, a very chilling episode and not one that's very fun to watch? But they, I think they portrayed the interviews, as he said, with these people were unbelievable. Yeah, I, I, I did think that the, uh, the Hernandez episode was, was well put together. Um, what, what I would say, just to sort of clarify my, my point about 03 and 04, I'm not looking for a recap of 
all the chapter and verse wins. Like I, that's America's game. That's a different. That's a different venue. Different vehicle um, for that. I don't need to have all the all the games highlighted. What I thought was a missed opportunity was O three in particular was a highly dramatic and tense situation with the the release of Lawyer Malloy on the eve of the season that almost destroyed that team. They were completely checked out of the opening game of the season and lost 31 nothing. and the players were not happy with Bill Belichick. I thought it would have been a fascinating look to hear from Teddy Bruschi, to hear from Tom Brady and all the other guys about how Tom Jackson's ridiculous assertion that they all hate their coach right. galvanized the team. And you want to throw a bone to Bill? That right. was it, how like, he got that team back. That, that to me, was drama. Yeah. Right. And I think, again, you know, sort of overlooking Bill's place here, I did something that was controversial. I lost the team, but I was able to keep them. Right. I got them back. That, to me, is what documentaries are all about. Conflict. Yeah. Drama. Right. You know, the behind-the-scenes stories. Everybody knows they won 21 in a row. Everybody knows they went 14-2 and two in back-to-back seasons. Again, I don't need to have all of those things done over again. I just thought it was a missed opportunity to ignore the lawyer Malloy part and Rodney Harrison's arrival. Yes, yes, I agree. Well, uh, we will be dropping a new Dynasty Wrap-Up Show podcast every Friday when the Dynasty series drops on Friday. And as a tease for uh, listeners and viewers, Paul, we will have the opportunity to talk to both the director, Matt Hamachek, and one of the executive producers, Jeff Benedict, in a future episode when we wrap up the entire series. Paul, you better have those questions loaded and ready to go to ask Hamachek why he didn't delve deeper into the 03 season. Right? He probably isn't going to be happy with me, right? I think he looks at it all good. Thanks for watching and listening to the Dynasty Wrap-Up Show.